0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Backstage With, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes with your favorite actors and creatives in the world of musical theater. I'm Mikey Worrell, and today we're going backstage with Hayden T, who's currently playing Miss Trunchbull in Matilda the Musical at the Cambridge Theatre in the West End. Hayden is originally from New Zealand, but has worked a lot in Australia, the UK and America. He's done various productions of Les Mis, and he also has an album coming out very soon. I went to meet him at the Cambridge, where his dressing room, is very pink it's not what you would expect from the actor playing the trunchbull or maybe it is i don't know there are pink flamingos just scattered around the room lots of pink uplighting. it's very moody i was really into it as was hayden here's our conversation and welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you, thank you Thanks, for having me. That's
0: all right. Thanks for having me in your very pink dressing room.
1: Welcome to the Pink Palace. Is that, is that what you call it? <laughs> well, now it is. <laughs> As of like twenty seconds ago.
0: It's quite surprising to have Miss Trunchbull have such a effeminate haven.
1: Well, she she wants to be feminine. It's just she wasn't quite born that way. But yeah, that's well, this is more Hayden's haven than hers. Of
0: course. Of course. <laughs> Congratulations on the show. Thank you. I saw it last night, and you are just.
1: Brilliant! I oh, bless you. Thank you. I appreciate that.
0: Honestly, it's I saw it five years ago. I can't even remember who was playing the part then, but it's like you are made for this part, or this part is made for you. Honestly, oh, I appreciate that. It, it's so rare to see someone be a replacement in a part and just be so perfect. I absolutely loved it. Um, and the show itself just feels so well maintained and so well looked after. It feels like it, it looks like it opened yesterday.
1: It is very tight. It's great. It's they're very um they rehearse us and we everyone in this company loves it and wants to be there and cares about what we put out there you know and also we're telling a story about a young girl at, at this current time and where the world is and everything a, a young it's a feminist musical it's an important story with an important message i think everyone walks out there every night knowing that we we want to make a difference
0: You have lived
1: in lots of different
0: countries, worked all over the place. How did you end up at the Cambridge Theatre playing Miss Trunchbull?
1: Matilda the Musical is my favourite musical of all time. I saw the first preview on Broadway years ago when I was living in New York. They would not let me audition in New York because at that time it was six foot three and above and I'm only six foot one. So I literally wrote to all my agents and went, how can we make this happen? And I was in New Zealand and my agent said, hey, they're looking for a Trunchbull. Um, So I flew over for three weeks for the auditions, and then got the role.
0: What did they make you do to audition for Trunchbull?
1: Oh, I've never worked so hard at an audition in my life. There were seven callbacks. Seven? Yeah, so normally you send a video, I mean, for when I live overseas, I'll send a video in just to see if they're even interested before I fly in, spend the money on a flight. And normally I would fly in for like a final round on a, week, on a weekend, they're like, no, Matilda's a different process, which is great. It's gonna be three weeks, I'm like, sure. Seven callbacks, so was singing all the material, every word that she sings had to be learned, which is also a little more than usual. And of course, then there was the gymnastics rounds, the ribbon rounds to to see if I could do the jump over the vault, which I, until about two days before I opened, wasn't sure myself. (laughs) But apparently some people, when they come to roll forward, their body just flings them backwards. So it was really just a test to find out that you could do a forward roll, yeah and then we had to do different rounds for different creatives so residents and associates then for of course being approved by the director himself matthew waters yeah
0: was he in the room or was he, he was, was in the, the final
1: way? round did not say a word just kind of whispered into um into someone's ear we just at we, that point we'd been blocked in we knew exactly what was wanted of us that was actually i get very anxious in general i'm a highly strung individual and i um I have never actually felt so calm at audition because after seven callbacks, I was like, well, I mean, I know what they want. Either I can do it or I can't. And it's just up to his personal preference. So I kind of went in there feeling very calm compared to how I normally do because, well, it was the seventh time I've been in.
0: But to have to know the entire show.
1: Well, not the entire show. But But for her, all of her. All of her songs. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, yeah. that's that's rare, right? Yes, it, the thing is, she's only there's only um five scenes that she's in. They're just all epic, yeah. and she just comes on screaming and runs out screaming. So they're a lot, but there's actually only five of them. But yeah, it, it was it was a lot to learn. But then it makes rehearsals a lot easier because I walked in kind of knowing it all. And where were you when you found out you got the part? Um, I was in the air. Which I was to think where was I? I was actually I'd finished the final callback, and then just been released by my agent saying yeah they don't need to see you again. And I was over uh, somewhere in asia on the way back to new zealand and um and, and this is my favorite musical it's a dream role so i everyone else was asleep it was like middle of the night and i just checked my emails because you can have wi-fi on board now and i got that email saying yes you got the role and i just burst into tears oh, you know well everyone goodness. else is sleeping around me watching films and things and i'm just sitting there crying on a <laughs> on a long haul flight back to new zealand <laughs> oh my goodness how long was the? Was the
0: wait then before you started?
1: Uh, I, I came over in May and then I started in July, so it wasn't too, wasn't too long.
0: What was the most surprising thing about discovering the
1: bowl for you? Oh, there's there's still surprises. <laughs> um, every week is a, is a new challenge. I think, I mean, I knew that it would be physically demanding, and I knew, but I did not realise it was going to be the hardest role I've ever played to date. But also. You know, as the hardest things are they. They're the most rewarding. But um, I think the physicality of it is is the big was the biggest surprise. But you look like you're having a great time. At oh, that. I'm having a ball. I would not be I'd rather be anywhere else in the world.
0: It's rare that you meet an actor who is also a makeup artist. <laughs> yeah. What's the process like getting ready to? What's the transformation like?
1: for Trunch. Yeah. Um I'm I'm bo- I'm kind of bound to secrecy with a lot of my Trunch. I'm not allowed to post anything of her on social media. So normally for roles I do like tutorials and stuff. Um someone actually asked me this week and I think I'm going to try and do a generic female phys ed teacher. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is not Trunch the thing I love about long runs in theater is that I can slightly tweak the makeup. Obviously there's a design, but there is, it can be slightly different every day. Like there's a, there's a box of moles and a box of warts. So each day you can choose the mole and the wart and the monobrow that you want. I mean, I guess the transformation for Trunch, I mean, she's just, she's pretty hideous. (laughs) And I've, I, I've spent more time doing makeup outside of this recently because I spend so much time looking in this mirror here, making myself look as, ugly as possible that I see myself as her more than I see myself as me oh my yeah it's kind of
0: does that affect you
1: yeah I always get a little bit of what they call character hangover like not that I become the character I'm not method like I'm t- definitely not I'm mean, gonna have a, you know pink dress room with flamingos everywhere but um I the, the character traits that I share with the character I'm playing tend to get a little bit more heightened so um I'm a little bit antagonistic playing trunch and,
0: Okay, so has that sort of
1: over overflowed
0: into your daily life? Would you say?
1: Yeah, it has. Like in some ways, I'm not walking around throwing children around by their pigtails. (laughs) I thought that was you. (laughs) Did you not see me in the middle (laughs) of Seven Last? Yeah. No, it's more like just I get a little bit stroppy. So like today I went to brunch, for instance, and um, at my my favorite brunch place that I go to most, you know, a couple of times a week, uh, and they ran out of bacon. But they're on the same block as the Sainsburys and the Co-op, and I just don't understand. So. I wasn't very happy, so I just went across the road, bought bacon, and then dropped it on the counter with a receipt, didn't say anything. But I, I don't know if Hayden would do that, but you know, a little bit of Trunch needed to make a stand. Uh-huh. <laughs> Trunch Abs- wants her bacon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> is it one of those roles where if you've had a really bad day, you can come in and really like, yes.
1: go at it? Yes. <laughs> and then, what's your favorite moment to really let go? Um, there is one line, and it's off stage. And it's, you are a useless, filthy, nasty little creep. So I can be physically doing whatever I want because I'm off stage and it's saying it at the same time as Matilda, but I can really kind of lay into that if I'm feeling like anyone in my life is a useless, filthy, nasty little creep. (laughs) That's who you're aiming at. Yeah, I mean, Matilda, of course, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But Hayden's aiming at it. Whoever Hayden's aiming at that. Absolutely. <laughs> um, speaking
0: of throwing children around, mm-hmm. I know. I know we have to be careful about what we reveal. Yeah. But the the pigtails moment. Yes. How I was watching so carefully. how, how is she attached? I
1: I uh I can't. Oh, <laughs> like what? I would be I would be not only fired I'd probably be <laughs> I'd be the one thrown by my pigtails. Um, Fair enough. It's um. Well, what do you think from as an audience member? What did you see?
0: Well, I could, I I could kind of see that the pigtails are attached to to must be attached to something. They must be attached to something, but that alone. Isn't like you if you if you went over then she would go with you. There must be something else. I just couldn't work out where the attachment was.
1: Oh, you mean atta- her attached to something? You or something
0: else? There, there must be some. Is there not? Is there nothing?
1: I mean, it's the theater is a dangerous place, <laughs> 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 and we are rehearsed. That's why we have a really long rehearsal period for the show. You know, like the safety contingencies and i think i can say that the safety contingencies to protect all of us but particularly these children you know are are definitely in place but it's it really is just in rehearsing and planning and safety words like if something doesn't feel right you know um, oh, really? yeah so like you know like this different Things that we can say to say this is not going to work right now. Obviously, so we can't go into it if it doesn't feel yeah. safe.
0: Are there contingencies for what you do if, if you can't do something?
1: I think in every show I've ever done for something like that, there is always a plan B and sometimes a plan C. Like every show, all sorts of things, whether it be you know jumping off a bridge in lemmas or swinging a kid around. There's always got to be a plan A and a plan B. Sure. Have you ever had to use any of them? Yes. Yes. That's live in, theater. In this show because show- it's also seamless. It is seamless, and the thing is, you wouldn't even know. A plan B is still amazing. It's just effective. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, no, I don't think I have. I think I almost had to once use a plan B here in the Amanda trip, but no, it's it's all it's always, always worked.
0: Because even the moment when the dummy drops,
1: oh, Amanda! Dummy. Falls. Uh, sorry, I don't know what you're talking uh, about um, <laughs> <laughs> even even the moment when uh,
0: Amanda falls from the sky. Yeah, you just uh, you can't see where that's going to come from, and the fact that it, it, that she lands so amazingly smack bang in the middle like how on earth do they do that
1: smoke and mirrors the beauty of live theater it's, it's my, <laughs> yeah. i'm
0: frustrated because i so desperately want to know <laughs> no, all of it there all were some it.
1: things that i had opened in the show and didn't know how they worked because they wouldn't even tell us in rehearsals yes. like if it doesn't in if it even if it and some things I experience in the show but I don't need to know how it works to be able to do what I do so I was never told. So if you're not directly
0: involved with a moment mm. you don't get to know?
1: No I mean you probably can I, I mean, I'm not also when I'm on stage I like to get caught up in yeah, yeah. you know so I, I'm like I don't need to to figure out the mechanics of it I, I kind of like to be in the dark at least especially when you're starting yeah. a contract but S- no but if, if you're not involved in how it works then you're generally not told.
0: In terms of the makeup, I re- how, long, how long does it take you to get into into her?
1: I can get into her in about, like, for instance, if we have a lot of um, technical stuff that we're checking on stage till beforehand, I can do it in 11 minutes. But generally, I like to take about half an hour. But I like that process. You know, that's my other life, makeup. So I, I enjoy building that up.
0: How did you find her the, the very
1: first time, like,
0: in, in the voice and the physicality?
1: I mean, the, the thing with the design of this show, the costume design, it is so transformative anyway the um the costume does so much of my job for me really and and I was lucky enough to have um what I call her nude illusion um for rehearsals so I could I could you know in terms of the shape of her um, the suit that I could wear so I had all of rehearsals to kind of that kind of forces you into into her but I mean I don't I like transforming, but at the same time, I also like to find the things that I have in common with the character. You know, because I think that's where you find a truthful performance.
0: I'm really intrigued. How, how do you find the voice? Was that a direction, or are you sort of did you try different ones out?
1: Yes, and I still is different as well. Like every night's slightly different because obviously I'm a human being and my voice is doing different things every night. So, I sometimes I'll have to shove it more into the mask and make it a bit more nasally. Other times, I'm feeling a little aggressive, so I might growl more of it. You know, but but generally, her her voice, I don't know. Like, I, I mean, a lot of it's in the writing. You read the original book, you find out about you know her education, where she came from. That's why she speaks the way she does. That's why in terms of accent, she is very uptight and strict within her ways and with the children. So then that kind of lends itself to, to being very clipped and really paying attention to, to consonants, robbing from vowels and giving to consonants, we call it. In terms of pitch it's kind of getting it into a place that's up and nasally in the mask because it's safe to be honest like you can you can scream a lot in that place and it's not going to tire and fatigue your voice as much so it's a mixture of finding what works for her and also what is sustainable eight shows a week because we're not in opera we're not doing two or three a week you know we have to find something that's that works that's part of the challenge
0: and in terms of terrorising the children. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: Is that a, a new thing for you with this job? Have you ever worked with kids before? Or?
1: I had a couple of times. Nowhere near this many. Nowhere near this many. And they are amazing. I mean, what they do out there just blows my mind. Blows my mind. And they're all, like, great kids too, you know. They're great human beings. I mean, this here is a, uh, a picture drawn by Sarah, one of our Matildas, um, this week, that she drew and, and put in my in my pigeon, oh. pigeonhole. And I mean, we have the most in-depth, intelligent conversations, Sarah and I, you know. Like, they they're they're amazing little people intelligent people yeah it's a joy it's and that's the reason why we do this you know like you see them out in the audience and yeah this show's so amazing because it has these amazing children doing ridiculous things and holding this show together
0: what's it like when you first work with the kids do you just get to play up to it and they play up to you there's there's no sort of fear of, of one another
1: no, the, my very first day, um, one of our Matildas, Isabel, Iso, came up to me and said, my dad's a Kiwi too. <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool, kia ora. <laughs> which is hello in, in um, Māori, native language of New Zealand. So no, they're very, I mean, they're children, they're fearless. I'm more anxious than they are, probably. They're a cast member just like anyone else, you know. It's great with trunks because I can scare them, so I like to be able to intimidate them on stage, but all but we all know it's a safe space. Yeah. Do you have a favourite moment in the show? I know we talked about one earlier where you really get to let go, but is there a moment that you really look forward to every night? Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, that that does change as well. I love Smell of Rebellion. It's my favourite song that I get to do. But at the same time, it's also the hardest. So it's I feel nauseous before it every night because I know it's going to hurt. But at the same time, at the end of it, it's the biggest rush. So it's just the price you pay. That's... Probably my my favourite at the moment, yeah. <laughs> um, and in terms of Miss Trunchbull's ending,
0: is that is that satisfying at, at the end of each show for you, or do you feel like she has unfinished business?
1: I mean. Well, you'll have to wait till the sequel. <laughs> um, sequel oh, I musical. It, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think in terms, you've got to remember when you're doing a musical, you have to know your function And You know, my function as Trunchbull is just to apply a, a, like a, a, a timer on, on Matilda and to force her story forward. So in terms of the story we're telling, her function ends at that point. So uh, from a technical point of view, that's a satisfying end for me. I mean, she gets found out really, you know. There's also so many question marks with the end of the show. I mean, does she? Did she really do it? Did she not do it? I don't want to, you know, do any spoilers, but did she she kill Magnus? Did she not kill Magnus? I mean, I I kind of like that there are... I think it's a satisfying ending. Yeah, and it is satisfying for me to play, too. It's nice about a run-out screaming at the end of every night, (laughs) through the audience.
0: Of all the places you've worked, how does London rank? Are there any other things you've got your eye
1: on? Where would you like to go from Trunchbull? I love London, for a start. I really feel at home here. It's a, New York's amazing, Broadway's amazing, but that city and that island in particular can be relentless. I love it and it's very energizing when you're there, but you can't see the sky because the buildings are so tall. London has all the same opportunities of New York, the, the theatre quality here is just as good as Broadway, but the buildings aren't so tall. You can see the sky, it's a small spread out city. So in terms of somewhere to to live and have a life, I love London. I am really still have lots of little goals I have with Trunch yet. So I kind of not, not thinking about the next adventure yet. I'd still, like every actor, my dream is to originate a role, you know, to be the first person to say those lines, to be the first person to sing those notes, to have a song put into a key because that fits your voice. But, you know, who knows where or what that will be. But Trunch is still offering lots of challenges for me at the moment. Great,
0: (laughs) great. Of, of the other things that you've done, you know, in London and in New Zealand and Australia and in uh, America, what's been, apart from Trunch, mm-hmm. what's been your highlight so far?
1: Well, I did four years as Javert and Lemes That gave me my Broadway debut, so that was a real highlight for me. I loved doing the Was that, that the show. most
0: recent revival or the one before? The
1: most recent one. Right. Yeah, so we closed, I closed it in Broadway in September two thousand. 16, I don't even know what we are, oh, was It was already
0: two years, it was like two and a half years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my
1: God, that's gone so quick. Yeah, I did Dubai and then West End for a year after that, so it's, yeah, it's, it's close to a while ago. Time, tra- time flies. It really does, <laughs> it really does. You got to work with
0: some great people on that production.
1: Yeah, I did, I, yeah, some amazing, you know, friends and, and artists that I learned a lot from.
0: Who in particular inspired you when you were in that show?
1: Oh, I mean, Simon Gleason was the Valjean I started with in Australia. So he, he, we kind of built those roles together. So we had an amazing time. Um, but John and Jones, we did on Broadway together, then Dubai together. And I mean, John is a great friend because when I was Marius a million years ago, 2005, he was my Valjean then. So then for me to be on Broadway and him to come in and be my Valjean when I was Javert was like great fun for both of us. Yeah. And, and we're still good friends. He's just recorded a duet for my next album and... We're doing Lily's Eyes together. Yeah, he's a he's a good friend. Lots of friends.
0: When is the album
1: coming? That's a very good question. It's all recorded. I just I just added Smell of Rebellion about like, just before Christmas. I went into the studio. It's been mixed and mastered at the moment, but I, I'm not in a hurry. Like I don't. I'd rather get it right. I've started it about a year ago, and it's with a 65 piece orchestra. Oh my god, it's huge. I've spent. A fortune (laughs) because I funded it all myself, but but I wanted, yeah. And I'm not complaining like it's like it's, it's in theater, unless you're in the room at that moment, watching that, that your performance is just a moment in time. No one's ever captured it. We're not on film. We're not. So the only, you know, legacy I have are things like albums. So in terms of a a physical something or tangible thing to listen to. So I want to get it right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's recorded. I just need to get it mixed and mastered.
0: That whole preservation thing is so interesting because so many actors are all about the moment, and once it's gone, it's gone. But for me, it's if you witness something special, you you're like, oh, and that's it's gone. Like yeah. I, I'm so on your wavelength. Well, thing. that is why it's so special because yeah. it's gone. But it is also but nice also to have something it's like, to. I want to hear it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, always. You are one of the. I mean, there are there are sort of a handful of actors who've done. The original Lames production, as well as the the newer 2009 version. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, when when you did it here the first time, it was not long after the move to the Queens. Yes. Now we're gonna have the move to the Gilgood, and then we're gonna have the new production coming in. Back into
1: the Queens, yeah. Will you
0: be sad to see the Revolve go?
1: <sighs> um, I know this is kicking off online at the moment. Lots of people are asking my opinion about it. I love the new version. I love the original. Obviously, it's it's iconic, but everything has to. To change and evolve, and in an ideal world, I would have the new version with the Revolve in the middle of it. You know what I mean? A bit of a bit an of both. amalgamation. Yeah, I, I like the filmic um, seamless uh, element that the Revolve adds to it. You know, you can go, but the new production, everyone thinks it's. Like people who haven't seen it are saying oh it's cheaper that's why they're changing it it's like it' actually looks much more specky like it's I don't know if you've seen it but it's 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 epic like there are there are layers there the the projections at the back are animated so they kind of it, it's more filmic in that way I mean it actually looks bigger there's there's less miming a prop and you actually have it in the new version you know so I, I um I'm excited about the change I think it's a good thing I think everything has to move forward. Yeah, and I also, I don't think many people will miss those slow motion sequences. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, they are,
0: they're of their time.
1: They are, they are totally of their time, and that is... And these things can't last forever. That's exactly it, and now we just, you know, need something of this time. Mm-hmm. Well, still being in 1832, but you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I know you want to originate.
0: The question I always like to end on for people mm-hmm. is, if you could revive any show and play mm-hmm. a part in that revival, any show at all, what would you choose? I know that's a really
1: hard question. It really is. Um you're gonna have to edit out my big long pause of thinking you know and waiting. Everyone
0: has with that pause.
1: <laughs> so you're fine. I really would love to give Sweeney Todd a go. And I know it's been done here recently and done in, in, in New York recently and, and in Australia recently, but it's yeah. I think I've got a few years to probably give that a whack. But but it's I think it's such a I love Sondheim. I, I think that's one of his best. And I think that role is really complex but he does again I'm really compelled by characters that led to doing bad things in the name of good you know and I think you can even justify that a little bit of trunche with that as well I was yeah I was just thinking <clears throat> that it's almost like they weren't always a bad person no no I don't you, as an actor you can never go into something playing It it, for bad sake. Bad for the sake of bad. Yeah, you have to. You have to always find a way, a a reason around that. You know, even even Trunch, who who is she? I mean, I don't like the word villain, but she's pretty close to it. She's she likes to terrorize people and gets enjoyment out of that. But I still believe that she's like that for. You know, she was obviously bullied as a child. She's obviously not who. She's maybe trapped in the wrong body or in the wrong position, and you know. So I, I think. There are reasons that she's forced to do the things she does. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been so lovely to come visit you in your Pink Flamingo room. (laughs) Thank you for joining me in the Pink Flamingo Palace. Anytime. (laughs) Anytime. You can
0: see Hayden as Miss Trunchbull in Matilda until around September, I'm told. The show itself is currently booking until May next year. Next time on the podcast, we are going to meet some of the real people behind the story of Come From Away. They are the Newfoundlanders, and also the actual Come From Away, people who were on the planes on 9-11 who ended up in Gander. It's amazing. I cried. You're going to love it. If you don't want to miss it, if you want it to come automatically to your phone, just tap subscribe wherever you are listening to this one. There are pictures already online. Go to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Just search for Backstage With Podcast. Thanks to What Goes On Media, The Corner Shop PR, and Hayden T. That's it from me. Thanks for listening.